Welcome to the Go Podcast. I'm Riley Podleski, your host, and I want to encourage you today to go ahead and share this on your feed, uh, share it from your YouTube page, your Facebook page, whatever it may be. If you're listening just audio, go ahead and screenshot. Tag me on Instagram. My username is at Riley Podleski. It is on the screen, or you can check the description box for the spelling. Um, but we're going to go ahead and get into it for today. The title of today's podcast is Glory to Glory. Let me tell you something. This is a principle and concept of the Bible. And and it is this, you can increase always. That's, that is a principle that God has set uh, uh, for us. Going from glory to glory is a principle that God has established in his word. And the only way we go from glory to glory and, and to, to spell that out for you, for those who might not know what I'm talking about, glory to glory just means in reality, increase in every area, increase, you know, spiritually increase, um, you know, financially, uh, in your business and success and growth, you should always be growing. You should always be going up. And that's biblical. And you're like, Riley, that sounds awesome. But how do I do that? We're going to, I'm going to show you in the word how to do that and what that means and what the Bible says about it. But you've got to know this, that you don't have to go up and down with God, but you can do a steady increase. You can always be inclining with God. Things get better with God. That's where sometimes we get mixed up. We think, oh man, you know, sometimes things rise and fall. Sometimes I'm down, sometimes I'm out. No, it says that we're the head and not the tail, that we're above and never beneath. So that means we're always on top. That means we're always above. So we're going to go ahead and get into it for today. It, we're going to be reading today in 2 Corinthians 3. We're going to start in verse 1, because why not? We're going to read the whole chapter. Let's go ahead and get into it. Verse 1. Are we starting to commend ourselves again, or do we not like some false teachers need written cred- credentials or letters of recommendations to you or from you? Do we? No, no. You yourselves are our letter of recommendation, our credentials written in your hearts to be known, perceived, recognized, and read by everybody. So this is Paul writing to the Church of Corinth. Basically, I I guess at some point um, it was called into question Paul's maybe his his credential or whatever it may be. But basically, whatever the case was, is that he had to specify, hey, uh, when did I we, we don't need to come with you with a you know resume recommendations, whatever it is. But he's telling them, he says, you know what, our um, our, you know, um, our qualification is this, how you can know that we're the real teachers, how we're actually teaching the word is by you and by how you're transformed, what's been written in your heart, what's been taught to you and what you believe. That's how That's how he is saying that he is qualified per se for this situation. So just to continue on, because that's not necessarily important to know, but it's good to know the context. Verse three, you show and make obvious that you are a letter from Christ delivered by us, not written with ink, but with the spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. We're going to read throughout here this, uh, these contrasts of a couple of two different things. And you're going to realize as we read throughout here, it's of the old covenant and the new covenant. There's this contrast, there's this comparison here. And, and you're going to see as we read throughout, but it's saying this, Paul is saying this to the church of Corinth, that you are a letter from Christ delivered by us, that Paul and him, they were the teachers. And basically the, the church of Corinth was a letter saying, hey, we taught you about Jesus and now you are something that's written versus something that's written on stone. In the old covenant, Moses, um, he when he went up to the, to the uh, mountaintop with God to get the Ten Commandments and it was written in stone what, what the people of God were to do. But Paul is making a comparison. He's saying, you know what? It's not that it's written on stone. 
but the the message of Christ has been written in your heart. You are proof. You're proof that we're the teachers. You're proof that that we aren't false teachers. You're proof. And so he's telling us here, it's not about what's written on tablets, that, that the word of God's important. But instead of it being something just of, of tangibility, it's something spiritual. There's something about learning about the word of God that transforms a person, that transforms a heart, that transforms a way of thinking. And so that's what Paul is saying. It's not just a tablet anymore. It's, it's in you. When you believe, when you receive Jesus Christ, it transforms you. It's written in your heart. It's written in who you are. You become a new creation. And so Paul is just giving this comparison here of the old covenant, which is, which is this, the command the stone, all this stuff, the law, and, and to this new covenant where it's, you know, spiritual, where it's, you know, something that you can receive from God, something that, that isn't just a workspace, but it's on faith. It's on obedience and all these different things. You no longer have to sacrifice animals like in the new covenant to be made righteous with God, but you can receive Jesus Christ, the ultimate sacrifice and be made new and be made right with God. And so you're going to, we're going to read throughout here and you're going to see what I'm talking about. Verse four, such is the reliance and confidence that we have through Christ toward and with reference to God. Not that we are fit, qualified and sufficient in ability of ourselves to form personal judgments or to claim or count anything as coming from us, but our power and ability and sufficiency are from God. Amen. Verse six, it is he who has qualified us, making us to be fit and worthy and sufficient as ministers and dispensers of a new covenant of salvation through Christ, not ministers of the letter of legally written code, but of the spirit. For the code of the law kills, but the Holy Spirit makes alive. Here's another comparison. It's comparing the old covenant to the new covenant. The code of the law. If, if, you, don't, if you don't know about biblical history, if you don't know about Bible history, this is kind of explaining to you what happened here. Before Jesus, there was this written out law. And if you messed up, you were condemned. If you messed up, you had to go and sacrifice an animal. You had to, you had to confess your sins in front of people. You had to do, go and do these things to be, be made right with God. And it was this continual thing. It was like, oh, forever you'll have to, you know, do this. You know, that was, that was the mindset of this old covenant. That was of the law. It says for the code of the law kills, but the Holy Spirit makes alive. This new covenant with Jesus gives us the Holy Spirit. When you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, Confess, and confess with your mouth and believe your, in your heart that he is Lord, you receive the Holy Spirit. And so you no longer have to measure up to a law like Moses and everyone in the Old Testament did, but no, you receive the Holy Spirit and that does something in you. It changes you. And sin, which is what you used to have to sacrifice animals for, but when you receive Jesus Christ, the ultimate sacrifice, it wipes all of the hold of sin off of you, off of you. It wipes all of the hold of sin off of you. So that's what it's talking about here. It's not about the law anymore. Yes, the word of God is important, but it's the Holy Spirit that makes alive. Before the, the, the law, the word, the, the, the things written in stone, it didn't change anything. It was just for you to obey. But the Holy Spirit, what Jesus did for us on the cross transforms us as a whole creation, as a whole new person. So I'm going to continue on. Verse 7. Now, if the dispensation of death engraved in letters on stone, the ministration of the law was inaugurated with such glory and splendor that the Israelites were not able to look steadfastly at the face of Moses because of its brilliance, a glory that was to fade and pass away. 
So it's talking about here, this part in, in the Old Testament where Moses, he would go on the mountaintop and he would spend time with God and he came down and there was this glory. His face was shining and people freaked out because he got in the presence of God and it was so powerful. It, it was something so beyond, you know, human and, and in this natural world. But it was something so beyond. He was to glow. He was glowing. And everyone around him was like, oh my gosh, this is like, wow. Like, oh my gosh, this is freaking us out. Will you put something over your face? So, be, you know, it's just like whatever. But it's saying here, if there was such glory and splendor in this old covenant that the people couldn't even look at his face. And he's in, in the, and Paul is saying in here, that that glory was fading away. Because even Moses at, at some point, that, that glowing stopped. That glory is what it's calling that the glory of God stopped there. It faded away. His face stopped glowing. And it said, if there was so much, if there was so much brilliance and glory and splendor in that, and we're going to read verse eight, and it's going to say what I'm about to say right now. Why should not the dispensation of the spirit, the spiritual ministry, whose task it is to cause men to obtain and be governed by the Holy Spirit, be attended with much greater and more splendid glory? It's, it's comparing these two again. Shouldn't there be a more glory in this new covenant? Shouldn't there be more splendor? Shouldn't the, there be a step up from this old covenant? Verse 9, For if the service that condemns the ministration of doom had glory, the Old Testament's covenant, how infinitely more abounding in splendor and glory must be the service that makes righteous, the ministry that produces and fosters righteous living and right standing with God. Verse 10, Indeed, in view of this fact, what once had splendor, the glory of the law in the face of Moses, has come to have no splendor at all because of the overwhelming glory that exceeds and excels it, the glory of the gospel in the face of Jesus Christ. Verse 11, for if that which was but passing and fading away came with splendor, how much more must that which remains and is permanent abide in glory and splendor? Verse 12, since we have such glorious hope, such joyful and confident expectation, we speak very freely and openly and fearlessly. Nor do we act like Moses who put a veil over his face so that the Israelites might not gaze upon the finish of the vanishing splendor which had been upon it. In fact, their minds were grown hard and callous. They had become dull and had lost the power of understanding. For until this present day, when the Old Testament, the Old Covenant is being read, the same veil still lies on their hearts, not being lifted to reveal that in Christ it is made void and done away. Verse 15. Yes, down to this very day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies upon their minds and hearts. But whenever a person, verse 16, turns in repentance to the Lord, the veil is stripped off and taken away. Verse 17, now the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is there is there is liberty, emancipation from bondage, freedom. Verse 18, and all of us as with unveiled face, because we continued to behold in the word of God. Okay, before I finish reading this verse I'm about to read is encompasses the title, the, the purpose of today's podcast. But this principle of only increasing this glory to glory lifestyle is only available to those who've received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. If you'd like to do that today, I'm going to give you an opportunity at the end of this podcast, but I want to make that very clear. This glory that passed away before this new glory with, with, with this new covenant, this better covenant. You can experience unless you've given your heart to Jesus, unless you've received him, you believe that he is Lord and you confess with your mouth. 
That's that's how you join in on this this principle, this benefit of salvation. I'm going I'm going to reread verse 18. And all of us as with unveiled face I I'm going to stop right here because I love this. All of us as with unveiled face. There is nothing that separates you from God. There's nothing. Sin, sin separates you from God if you're living in sin, but if you're not in sin, there's nothing that can separate you. There's 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 nothing that can hinder you from the glory of God. And and that glory of God that I'm talking about here is his presence. Is is supernatural things that happen because of the presence of God, because of his power. This is the glory I'm talking about. If 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 you're you feel like you're stumped, if you feel like in your in your walk with God, you feel like you've hit a, a holding pattern, I'm gonna tell you right now, nothing is hindering you. Keep going, keep pressing forward. You have there you as with unveiled face we stand before God. There's nothing God is withholding from you. He's not holding you back. He's given us all things in life and godliness. So I want to encourage you today, keep pressing on. God is not keeping you at an arm's distance. You can go as far as you want. You can go as close to God as you want. Don't let the enemy lie to you and say that there's anything that would hinder you from God. I'm going to continue on. Because we continue, continued to behold in the word of God as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. So this verse right here is saying that the word of God, the Bible, is a mirror of glory. That's what it is. When you look at the word, it's a mirror of glory. Are you reading the word of God today? Are you consistently reading the word of God? Are you in your word a lot? Are you consistently in your word? Are you reading it every day? Are you learning about it? Are you meditating on it? Are you, are you, when I say meditating, are you thinking about it continually? Are you pressing into a verse when you read it? I'm going to continue on. Are constantly being transformed into his, his, into his very own image in ever increasing splendor and from one degree of glory to another. That's what happens when you do that. You will be, you are being constantly transfigured into his very image in ever increasing splendor and from one degree of glory to another. That's what happens when you read the word of God. Even if you don't feel it, even if you don't technically see it, when you get in the word of God and you're focused and you're, you're chewing it, you're consuming it, you're meditating on it, it you're looking into this mirror of glory. It says in James, when you look in the word that it's a mirror, it's showing you who you are. It's showing you the covenant that you have. It's showing you what you're made of. It's showing you where you're going and how you're to grow. The word of God is so important. It's so important that we listen and that we follow the word of God because it is transforming. It is a powerful thing. The word of God is alive. So when you read it, it's not just like an article or some random book that has no value. No, it is transforming you as you read it. It's transforming you as you consume it. It is a powerful, powerful, powerful thing. From one degree of glory to another. This is this principle I'm talking about. But you're like, Riley, I want to live from glory to glory. This is your, this is, this is your task. Continually looking in this mirror of the glory of God, the word of God, continually reading it, continually consuming it. For this comes from the Lord who is the spirit. That's the end of that verse. 
So if you don't see yourself going from glory to glory, if you don't see this principle being acted in your life, you've got to ask yourself, are you in your word? Are you studying it? It's a very simple message today. If you want to go from glory to glory in every area of your life, you must be in the word. You must know the word of God on that subject. You must know the word of God on that circumstance. You must know the word of God on that area of study. What does the word of God say about what you are encountering today? What does the word of God say about where you want to go? What does the word of God say about things you're curious about? Are you really studying? Because that's part of it. It's not just you get saved and boom, you're done. That's it. No, there's, there's something required of you now with the life that you have left on this earth. And it, you need to be in the word of God. If you want to do great things, if you want to go to that next level, if you want to continually go and be going from one degree of glory to the next, and that's in every area, that's in the presence of God, that's in your finances, that's in your job, that's in your workplace, that's in your, your, the call of God on your life. That's in, put it in every single category. Don't you understand when you get in the word of God, when you read your Bible, it is something supernatural that happens. You might not be able to put it into a thought process or understand it really, but the word of God is alive. It is literally God's word. I want to ask you, do you know how God made the earth? He spoke. He said, let there be light and boom, there was light. That's how powerful his word is. His word is so powerful that he says it and it's done. It's completed. It is, it is, it is a-okay. It is up to par. It is better than you could imagine. That's how God's word works. That's just a, 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 if you want to imagine that in your mind, him saying a word and things just being brought. The, the waves, okay, you stop here. The waves stop here. They don't go past this mark. Okay, light is made. The earth is formed. If you could just imagine that and understand that's what the word of God does when you read it. The word of God creates things in you. It, it sparks things. It does new things in you when you read it, when you consume it, when you meditate on it. So I want to encourage you today. If, if you feel like you're going downhill and you want to change trajectory, just get in the word of God and everything will change for you. Everything will start going up. It's that simple today. We, we read today 2 Corinthians 3. You can go ahead and just study that after this podcast. Go ahead and just study it. It's a very simple message today, and it's this. Get in the Word of God, stay in it, and all you can do is go up. I'm going to pray for you. Lord, I thank you for every single individual who's listening right now who's watching, I thank you, Lord, that is, it is your will for them to go up. It is your will for them to increase in every area. I thank you, Lord, for this principle that has your kids, your people going from glory to glory, always going up, never on an up and down slope, Lord, but continuously increasing, continuously growing up, continually. I thank you, Lord, for every degree of glory. And I thank you, Lord, for the next one. I thank you, Lord, that we're only going up, that we're the head and not the tail, that we're above it and ever beneath. I bless every single viewer, Lord. I thank you for an increased hunger in the word of God, that they would begin to hunger to read the word and to spend time in your presence in prayer. I thank you for it, Lord. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. If you're here today and you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want to give you a little recap of, of, of how things went down for you. Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He was born of a virgin and he was fully man. And he was birthed into the earth, just like you, just like me. He lived 33 years and he never sinned. 
but he died on a cross. He paid a wrongful death. He was crucified. They put one nail in one hand and one nail in the other and put one through his feet. And he hung on a cross and died for you. He was so messed up, so bloody that his mom didn't even recognize him. He got 39 lashes from the cat of nine tails. It, it, it was one, if there was one more, it would have been against the Roman law. But they did 39 lashes on him that granted you healing. He died on a cross and three days later he rose again by the power of the Holy Spirit. And now when you receive him as your Lord and as your Savior, you receive this power over sin, this power over sickness and disease, power over poverty and lack. That's yours for the taking. You can receive that now. So if you'd like to, go ahead and repeat this prayer after me. You're going to be talking to the Lord. Go ahead and bow your head and repeat after me. Dear Lord, I thank you for sending your son to die on the cross for me. I confess my sins and I repent of them. I receive your forgiveness. I confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and I believe in my heart that he died on the cross for my sins and rose again three days later. I receive him as Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Welcome to the kingdom of God. If you prayed that prayer, go ahead and leave, leave a comment. Let me know. I'm curious to see if you did and I want to congratulate you. If you'd like to support the Go Podcast, you can give on Cash App. Our username is dollar sign Go Podcast. Do that if you'd like. Thank you for tuning in today. I'll see you next time. Have an awesome day. Thank you.